matter who you are, where you are, what your choices have been, and what karmic timelines and contracts you have journeyed, the light is calling for the reunification of all aspects of life in this realm now. It is calling for the cleansing of all polarities. It is calling for the rising of all sacred heart centers now. All are being summoned home to the greater light now. And welcome to Whole Soul Mastery's Live Well, Live Whole podcast series. I'm back again today with Dr. Paul Panzika in October 2022. Thank you for joining me, Paul. You Thank bring, you for having me. You bring a depth of sight to what many of us are living, but we couldn't even begin to go through this like quantum puzzle and untangle so much of our history, so much that's in the mythology, that's in the symbology, that's in the biblical stories and the sacred texts. You go deep in there and give us a deeper context from the lens, it lets, at least through which you see, to help us understand a lot more of what we're all navigating personally and collectively right now. So you just have written a very powerful blog article for October 2022. It's the season of John, Revelations of the Apocalypse. And it takes us to some deep places. And I think you're going to lead us into some deep places today. Um, so again, I just want to welcome you. I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you for all the wisdom that you bring. And let's let's dive in. Again, well, thank you again for having me. And um, so, yeah, the, <clears throat> the <laughs> revelations of the apocalypse. <laughs> so, so the, yeah, the, um, a couple things. First of all, you know, this was something that I was mentioning to you off camera that I was compelled to write about at this time in my life, actually, in this in this moment in in my life, and that I knew there was <clears throat> there was a lot going on there but that there was something that I had to come to understand and, and, and to face, we had a, I had to face it. And, and I, I think I had mentioned to you that about this before that one of the first experiences that I had with this writing was from my father uh, who had a pamphlet that was given to him by one of the, the guys that he worked with. And when I was maybe 13 years old and it was an illustrated version of the um the apocalypse of saint john or revelations as it's come to be known as <clears throat> so at 13 years of age i was reading through it <laughs> having and having nightmares <laughs> from, seriously from, i was not all reading all the writing and the illustrations that were going on <laughs> I, used to, I used to i used to ask him i said you know where did this come from and you know this came from the bible son <laughs> and, and i would ask him is, is this gonna really happen and of course he said no don't worry about it it's not gonna happen well little did he know it it really was gonna happen in our lifetime and it is happening now wow right so we it really is something that we have to face so 
I mean, like it or not, we're going to have to face it. Now, there was advice given by other people when they when when the advice given when one was supposed to read this this writing, which was you could only read it as a priestly soul. That's how the advice given was that the work of John is um, a, a, um, the all of the work of John is um, is designed to initiate a person into Christed awareness. Um, so all of the works that are related to John are related specifically for that task. And so the idea is, is that this isn't a writing that's um, been written for squeamish people or dilettantes, or it's something that a very serious person, you know, who is interested in facing the realities of the spirit, um, that is really the, the who's who's appropriate for reading this material now we use the term priest without any gender um um uh, uh, we don't ascribe any gender to that you can have male female or whatever gender you identify with as a priest so when you use the term priestly soul don't ascribe any gender to that you know so so we these are people who um are serious about knowing what is going to happen and so right off the bat you can look at the meaning of apocalypse and when i we say the word apocalypse most people just shudder and they don't want to think about apocalypse because <clears throat> defined in webster's dictionary it means um the um basically the the chaos and the destruction that's going to happen at the end of the world and basically by inference, we're all gonna experience it, right? So who wants to study that or read that? Because that's what apocalypse means now. Apocalypse now means the total destruction of the end of the world. <clears throat> now, why does it mean that? Because back when, before John's book was written, apocalypse just simply meant unveiling or revealing or revelation, which is why um, the apocalypse of St. John or the apocalypse of John is referred to as revelation. So we can thank John's revelation for changing the meaning of that word <laughs> because that's the subject that it's written about, which is the end of the world and, and the chaos and the destruction of the end of the world. That's that's uh, the superficial reading of that book suggests that that's what's going to happen. And then if you took it from a literal perspective and it illustrated it, man, does it look bad, right? And and so <clears throat> that's what's changed over the last two thousand years. Really, is that the meaning of apocalypse has changed, so that um it has a function and the function is in one perspective it acts as what we call a, a guardian of the threshold or a threshold guardian hmm. so that one reads it number one it's it's an it's a it's not really a linear read it's a it's a circular read and a tangential read hmm. and that events are occurring um that the best way to describe it as 
These were visions that John had in the astral realm. So these were astral visions that he had that weren't necessarily, they're not, they don't translate very well on a physical plane. Now these, according to the, um, the mystic Rudolf Steiner said, these are really truthful things that John saw. Steiner believed that this was an extremely powerful book and a book for us at this point in our evolution to consider. But he said, understand that these are spiritual truths. He said that everything in the book is very truthful, but it's a question of how will it manifest on the physical plane? You know, are these, these are potentials that somebody's seeing and they're seeing it from an astral perspective. Now, is it really going to manifest that way? <clears throat> and remember, these are the visions of, of John, right? And so the answer is, listen, we've lived long enough to know in this world that virtually no prophecies are, are ever come to light in the, in the, in the, in the way that most of the, the, um, the prophets have seen it. Not, not in a negative way. So how many times in our lives have we said, oh, the end of the world is going to happen on this date. It's going to happen on this date. These terrible things are going to happen. I mean, I can show you um, all kinds of prophecies that Edgar Casey made about, you know, 2000, the year 2000 or the year 2012. And, you know, how the, there was going to be massive changes in the geography of the world related to cataclysms. Hey, guess what? They never happened. Right now, why is that the case? And the answer is that um, you're being shown in the in the best of light the game plan or a plan that could manifest. It could manifest. The question is: Is do you want it to manifest that way? And right. in most instances, when you're seeing these catastrophic events through prophecy most of us say no i don't want to have any part of that that's not where i feel my soul needs to go right so again the the book has a number of functions related to it and that one of the functions is again this threshold guardian and the threshold guardian basically exists um, there's two forms of threshold guardians and the first form of it exists in the ancient world. It still exists today. And that is people who haven't prepared themselves spiritually and psychologically and physically and mentally to be able to, um, to look at this information right off the bat, there's going to be a large group of people that aren't going to want to address it. It's just too chaotic and dark and, and mysterious and, and quite frankly, disturbing to read. That is the function of a threshold guardian. The threshold guardian you can think of as a dragon. And a dragon will not allow the heroic seeker or the seeker of divine wisdom to cross certain thresholds. So the, the writing itself serves as a threshold guardian. So that's why Rudolf Steiner said, really it's fit for only priestly souls to read it people who have through lifetimes of preparation have prepared themselves to face the truths and the realities that are going on in this world. Not everyone's ready for it. And that means that they're still gonna, we're still gonna need priestly souls 
as we move forward in this ascension process to be able to shoulder that burden or to you know um, act as a as a buffer for this information because it is truthful information but to be able to decipher it and to teach others the true meaning of, 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 of this writing. So that's the first function of revelations. Is that it, ask, it? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Can I ask a question when you talk about that threshold guardian? Because you've mentioned that before. We've talked about that in different contexts. And I just want to get clear on this because I can feel the vibrational energy of what you're saying. Is the gar is the threshold guardian designed literally to thwart all from entering or to test everyone and only a small percentage of the priestly souls get through? Right. In every single mythology that in Western mythology, there's always a dragon there that and that dragon is generally a dragon that's been placed there by a god or a goddess or um, you know, uh, you know, mis mis mysterious energies or forces. If you go to Egypt, you'll see there's it's loaded with threshold guardians. So there's a there's a road um, that they've uncovered in, in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, that's lined with about 4000 sphinxes. Those the sphinx acts as a guardian of a threshold guardian, it, because if it's an adversarial beast. And, 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 and the Sphinx ties in then with the story with, with some of the Greek mythologies. And, and, and it's a chimeric being. It has the head of a woman and, and the body of a lion and the wings of an eagle. And the, and the stories of um, the riddle of Sphinx, that's, uh, I can't remember now, Asclepius, I believe that's, hmm. no, Oedipus, I'm sorry, it's Oedipus Rex. <clears throat> Oedipus is confronted right at the beginning of the story by this mystical beast and um he's asked a question um and um you know and he solves the riddle of the sphinx and the sphinx dies at his feet so special guardians are there to prevent you from crossing a barrier without being tested for sure but you know it takes a heroic soul to cross the the guard the 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 the, the threshold you know, right. and, and generally these are dragons or they could be chimeric beings that are adversarial, like, like, a, like a sphinx. But so, it will feel like the fight of your life in the scenarios we've seen in movies and in books. It does seem like it tests. Well, you and, and, and the story you know, in Oedipus Rex, it, no, it was, it wasn't a fight of your life. It was fear that controlled everybody so it, it the threshold guardian is the manifestation of fear itself hmm. hence the book of of john's revelations is the manifestation of fear itself the end of the world that nobody wants to face so what john created was a threshold guardian that most people don't want to face they don't want to read it so they don't want to know the truth so in, a, in another way, the book is magical. It's a magical book, right? And so it serves two purposes. One purpose is to enslave us. The other person purpose is to liberate us. It just depends on how you, how you, how you come to read it. Mm. So, um, you know, <clears throat> there, there's, they always say the devil's in the details of things. And there's tremendous 
amounts of detail in that in the and the and revelations in John's revelations, tremendous details. And that's where that's where the devilish energies exist. Remember, it came from an astral vision. So <clears throat> it may serve the purpose for people who aren't psychologically and spiritually prepared to read it, to scare the living hell out of them and to capitulate to the let's say one reads it and says well an existential soul might say well, okay well that's the end of the world i might as well just do what i want live it up as much as i can because i can see it manifesting now mm. in a certain to a certain degree and and if you read revelations and then you listen to, to the game plan that's being propagated through the media there's very strong correlations <clears throat> so the question is is that do you do you succumb to those to that fear and do you capitulate and you try to survive what's coming because it's prophecy that that seems to be manifesting so it serves a purpose of black magic in that sense because you cannot propagate any form of magic you cannot practice magic you cannot you cannot do this unless you have the consent of the person that you're casting spells against. It doesn't work any other way. So now you have the spellcasters who are looking at this writing as a magical writing. And those who are reading it, they're hoping will accept this as their fate. And those who believe that it is sealed, you know, that this is that this that their fate is sealed within this writing. Are contributing to this end that is being broadcast through the writing, right? Right. So, so yeah, you know, we might go to the point where we all have to buy or sell with the mark of the beast, and Babylon will be involved in this, and will rise and fall with Babylon, and all these corrupt things are are actually happening in the astral realm. The and the astral realm is a the realm of vision and feelings that we all connect to at night when we go to sleep. You know, this isn't, this isn't a realm that you have to have, uh, 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 what is it? Um, <clears throat> you can't you know, astral project into because most of us can't, but it's the realm of the dream state where we all go to it when we, when we fall asleep at night. So we're all connected to it. It's also emotional realm of, of feelings and impressions. It's also a creational realm. So it, it could function in that way if you're not spiritually, emotionally, mentally, um, and psychologically prepared to receive it in, 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 a, in a different way. Right. So if we had a society that became completely and utterly godless, which means completely and utterly hopeless and completely and utterly spiritless, and, and which, which we'll talk oh, about later, completely and utterly incapable of, of 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 creating an alternative to it then it'll serve that function of enslaving us and it basically outlines the end that the draconian energies and let's face it this is satanic writings are trying to steer us into rudolf steiner believed that the antichrist or um or the beast was a even higher than that, or related to that, he called it Surat or Sarath, which means a sun demon. It's very interesting. 
because Christos energy comes from the sun. It's a light energy. The sun demon comes from the sun, but it's a dark energy. It's the, it's, they say there's a black hole there too. So that, so that it's the, it's the, it's the antithesis of the logos. And so you you're giving. feel this, like how close the duality is now. It's not far apart anymore. No, it's, it's not like far this. apart anymore. But even, even the sun god in the Greek mythologies, Apollo had his dark shadow. His name was Apollyon. And, and Apollyon was the exact opposite of Apollo. So he was a mm. demented, demonic um, god of death. And so that's, that's one function of revelations. Mm. Now, the other function of revelations is the opposite. Is, is that, you know, a priestly soul who reads this, who understands what's going on and understands that this is happening as a template for change. And it, a, a potential um, nightmarish scenario might manifest if we succumb to the will of the visions. But on the other hand, if we say, no, I, I don't, I don't want to go through this. This is not what I'm interested in doing. This is nonsense, or this is not who I am. Then it catalyzes a process of change within our soul. That's really what prophecy is about. Prophecy is about, listen, this is the option. Do you want to take this ride? Because remember, the black magic will only work if you give it consent. If you agree that this is, this is the path that we're all doomed to take then it will work and then it'll enslave us to that ending on the other hand if we say no this is not what i'm interested in and 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 the other are definitely elements within it that are inspirational listen it's a reality it, and it's a potential reality that can't exist. It's not a, this isn't a given. And, and people like Rudolf Steiner and many others who have interpreted this said, it's, you can, we can, we can collapse as a society if we choose to collapse as a society. On the other hand, it's an option that we don't have to take. The most important thing to understand is that you cannot give your soul away or your autonomy away or your sovereignty away to that conclusion. So now you're forced, your soul is forced to look for alternatives to it or to align yourself or identify with energies within those visions that overcome the disaster. Yes. I right? think many people who would listen to a podcast like that would be in that camp. Yes. Right. So there, there's definitely, there is definitely plays out as, as, as this, as, as this, um, in John's revelations as forces that will align themselves with the energies of, of the darkness or of Babylon. And it's very well described as to what that is. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the inversion of everything that's truthful. And, and it's, ba it's ba basically idolatry and perversion and, and all of that. Um, and, and that's happening in front of our eyes as we speak. And I would say the vast majority of people on earth are rejecting it. But I would also say there's a strong minority of people that are still trying to embrace it. They want it. They want to have these experiences. These are, these are naive people, people that are young souls, 
people who are misogynists, you know, but people, there are still a group of people that want to have the experience. They'll fall when Babylon falls, as, as revelations tell us it's going to happen. But, um, and they may be already in free fall now, I don't know, but I, I, I am getting the sense that they are already. And, it, and there may be a lot to this that doesn't quite manifest according to John's vision, because so many of us are moving past, are looking, are looking beyond beyond the darkness in this now feeling the, the 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 rising of a new society that's based on um cooperation and love and that's basically what the writing basically states if you understand the mysteries of john then you understand that christ's knowledge is, is embedded within within those feelings and within within those visions powerful yeah. right it is going to be through the feelings that this awareness is dawning inside us and the and the the will to step up and make this choice right to commit to commit to the journey right because we have to commit the fence sitting isn't working no the, the i mean you know rudolf steiner felt that the time you know there there's a lot to revelations and a lot has already happened and and, and you know this was a writing that was 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 focusing on the last age which was over 2000 years of of time and so these the writings of the seals being broken and the trumpets resounding and these types of things much of that has already occurred steiner's focus was close to the last chapter of revelations revelations i think is 24 chapters of john's revelations and uh, the um the, the he really focuses on the 19th chapter which he felt was the time that we're living in now and that much of what's happened is 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 um has already occurred now he felt something very interesting he said that the um the binding in in the in the writing it basically says that you know there'll be a thousand years of, of there'll be the uh, the unleashing of of Araman or satan is what he said uh for three years he rules and then he then there's a thousand years of peace Steiner felt that we're coming to the end of the thousand years of peace, regardless of what you think. Now, remember, he was writing this a hundred years ago. So at a hundred years ago, he was basically talking about this and this is how he felt this, this is, this is so important. He gave, a, 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 he gave two major, devoted two major lecture series to this subject. One was <clears throat> probably about the late, 19 like 1908 or something like that um but the last one was in 1924 and so the he gave it in the month of september and there was 18 lectures devoted to this he died um in march of of 1925 so he, he and his last public addresses were given in that month so he felt this was extremely important that we needed to know this and so he's giving the lectures Right before he was, he, he knew he was, he was dying. He knew he was terminal. He wasn't going to be able to survive much longer. He was very weak when he gave the lectures. But these are very powerful discussions. And remember, so when he said that we're living in this time where satanic forces were still being bound, and we were coming to the end of the thousand years um, of relative peace. Now, I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's Steiner's interpretations. And there has been nobody in the history of 
of uh, 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 the world, really, that that was able to predict with any degree of accuracy where we would be at this point outside of Rudolf Steiner's insights. So you have to pay a lot of attention to what he said for that reason. And so we were just we just had finished the First World War. Then what he was saying is, is that time is now coming where satanic forces will be unleashed. It's, it was bound for a thousand years and now it's being unleashed. So the 20th century was a process of unleashing those energies. And he also talks about 666, 666 year cycles. And so he talks about the correlations between 666, the year 333, the year 666, and then there was the year uh, 1332 or 1312 or something like that, and then 1998. And ninety-eight was was a big year, and so and so that so the so these cycles, you know, the numerology of that. He spends a lot of time talking about that also, but he felt that the rising of the Antichrist or Satan, we can call it Satan if you want, um, is the, is that this would be a malady that would be experienced by the human collective when um, our um, we have fallen so far away from our spiritual connections or our spiritual source, but he did feel that there was, that this was a malady that was, that was um, uh, also related to fear, a fear-based malady, because we lost our connection to um, our spiritual source. So he felt that this would rise. So the, how, now how prophetic is this? Like a disease, hmm. like a disease wow. right and so we're now looking <laughs> so if you want to point a finger at when this really started to happen i would say within the last few years is the time of this antichrist anyway i mean it's and, and so it's not playing out exactly like an, a literal translation because I think there's a lot of people on the ground living today that are like trying their best and, and, and educating and inspiring others to think beyond, you know, what the dark forces that are trying to enslave the world want to manifest. And so, and so it doesn't quite fit the narrative, but it, there's echoes or there's shadows of it within the, within the narrative that's occurring now. And if they had their way, it would it would manifest completely as, you know, as as John's visions. So Steiner felt that that the unleashing of this force would happen through um, modern life or mo the modernization of humanity um, through a technological attempt to technologically enslave us. That which he felt was. Um, a spiritless realm of existence. And, you know, they're forcing that on us. Hmm. Uh, now, <clears throat> we have to take it all with a grain of salt. And we have to also understand that there's no such thing as, I mean, our salvation doesn't exist in overt positivity. And it doesn't exist within overt negativity either. It exists within a balance of things. Hmm. We're, he also said very emphatically throughout his, his life, that this, this satanic presence, if you want to call it that, will gift us, will gift society, will bring society gifts, technological gifts 
that if able to accept or un understand in the correct way, will advance our age in a very positive way. So that the balance is there. We have to strike the balance between, we can't stop the technology. It's been like a Pandora's box. It's been unleashed. It's coming. We don't have to accept it as a way of life, but we can certainly look at it and say, how can it enhance our lives and still allow us to remain spiritually connected to the earth and to the heavens? You know, how can we do that? And I think many of us are, are, are trying to do that, you know, but we can't let it rule our lives and we can't let it enslave us to a system that will you know, force us to our knees or, or we'll try to exterminate many of us, right? So that's kind of where we're at, I think, in this, in this writing and in, in, in our interpretation of revelations. Yeah. <clears throat> that's a, there's a whole lot, a lot of energy in all that you just described. Yeah, I don't, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot of energy in what I've just described. And without the benefit of actually having read revelations, and I'm not suggesting that you go out and read it, <clears throat> don't read it. <clears throat> Actually, I read it. I'm telling you what it's about. But if you want to read it, you, you can read it. But there's more to the mystery than that. So now, we, we, any other questions before I go forward? No questions. Um, <clears throat> no questions. I just didn't know if I, I, I like your, I, I love, I, I want to invite our listeners to go and read the article because you know, you can get a lot out of what you're sharing. And then if, if people read that, then they can go to the revelations and read it for themselves because they'll have a much bigger picture or, you know, clear lens through which to see some of what John is revealing to us. Right. But um, I didn't know if I wanted to read that first paragraph of the article, or if you're just going to take us through. If you'd like to, you can read it. That's yeah, there, it just it helps to sort of give a picture because there's so much energy that we're talking about today. So let me just read this first part. It's the the opener of Paul's message here, and and of course we've been talking about the season of John, right? There is a we war. haven't talked about that yet. Exactly, right? We're getting there, but we're getting there, right? right. But this right. is the title of the article. If people go to find it. It is his article for October, and he says there is a war raging all around us trying to breach into the inner sanctuary of our soul. It is those who succumb to this demonic invasion that become susceptible to the hellish scenarios that John describes. Immunity to this satanic illness exists within those who understand that true prophecy is spiritually inspired vision that will catalyze inner transformations within the mind soul of those who fail to resonate with and reject the nightmare. In so doing, this rejection inspires us to imagine, search, and create outcomes more consistent with our loving and heavenly nature, ascending the soul beyond the fear and manifestation of these potential agonizing events. Right, and then I have to read this, the next little paragraph there, because of course, this is where my natural attraction goes while we also integrate what John is really saying and the layers that you're going to share more about, Paul. But you say, the way of the new mysteries of the Aquarian age involves humanity coming into communion with the heavenly realm in I am consciousness. Mm -hmm. 
From whatever cultural perspective our karma has been conditioned to view this transformation from, the essence of our soul's ascension is established upon the merging of our soul to our spiritual higher self. Yes. I mean, there's just, there is just so, so much. And I think it's no wonder why people also feel confused, regardless of whether you're like going into all the serpent seduction, right? And all the things that John was trying to tell us about, or whether you are kind of being shaken awake or shaking yourself awake, or, or for some reason, there's something, a trigger, a catalyzing event awakens you to the illusion and once you know the illusion is there, you can't not know it. But I do think there's a lot of people at different stages of their own consciousness that are confused right now. But it is a powerful, these are such powerful unfoldments and we're all experiencing it. There's no one's immune to the experience of what this is. We're all feeling it in a very huge way. But you are going to help give us a lens on how to understand who John is and was, right? Absolutely. So um, the, John is a mystery, and, and I, I, I'm not going to solve it yet. I'd like to just point that out that the title is, is the season of John. Now, that's, that's, that is literally a fact. So um, the Christian mystics understood the four seasons to be connected to the four testimonies of Jesus or the testaments of Jesus. Wow. So John is associated with the sign of the eagle. Hmm. So, right. So this is what you've been talking about. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and, 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 and soul sight and all these other things. The, the book of John hmm. is associated, not revelation. The book of the John, book John is associated with and I'd say all the writings of John, but they, but, but in Christian mysticism, the book of John is associated with the eagle. And so the eagle is associated with the fall season. Um, and, and so the, 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 the fall season, again, we've talked about this in a number of discussions <clears throat> that the fall season, um, which we're in right now, actually, and in, in, in tropical astrology, we're in the, the season of the scorpion or Scorpio. And um, it's considered, well, it is the eighth sign of the Zodiac. The scorpion is the eighth sign of the Zodiac, which is a sign of the greatest transformation within the Zodiac. This is the sign of transfiguration. <clears throat> so the sign of transfiguration. And so we cannot ascend unless we transfigure ourselves from the consciousness of a scorpion to the consciousness of an eagle and further than that we've talked about this before it goes further than that but i think that you can't go from from scorpion to phoenix you have to go from scorpion to eagle to phoenix mm. and but the eagle is this noble being that has this once again this beautiful concept of clear soul sight which you've been saying all along mm. clear soul sight is extremely important we could also talk about that as not just foresight but forethought and and so that that's that's a very big aspect to um to the season and remember too that it we need this forethought or foresight 
to see into the future, to see into the distance, and also to, to see through the fog and the deceptions that are playing out. And so <clears throat> to be able to interpret revelations is a combination of using your soul sight and your emotional intelligence mm. um, to try to figure that all out, right? And so that's why it, it's, it's designed for priestly souls. So that's, 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 that's why it's the season of John. Now, who was John? <clears throat> um, John is a mystery. He's a mysterious person. So um, the definition of the name John means graced by God. Um, and Rudolf Steiner says that it really means uh, a person who has um, who has come into union with their higher self or, or their spirit. So <clears throat> this is a person who, who it really means, the name means an initiated soul mm. into Christed awareness. That's literally what the name means. So mm. we, in the Bible, and in, 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 in certainly within this, the, te the testimony of the Bible and the scriptures, um, John <clears throat> is identified as, the apostle that the Lord loved. So mm. he had a great affinity towards John. He was, he was always identified as the apostle that the Lord loved. Right. Now, why was that? And who was he? So um, he's identified at, at the beginning of, of, the, um, of the narrative as the younger brother of James, um, and both were the sons of Zebedee, who we were assuming was a fisherman, because those two boys or young men were fishermen, mm. right? <clears throat> so there, that John is, was supposedly loved so much by Jesus because he had a pure soul. He was a young man, but he had a very, very, very pure soul. And so he, that means that he had a very, let's say, um, I won't say poorly developed, but he had an ego that wasn't getting in the way of the teachings or into the, into the way of his life. He lived through his emotional intelligence and from his heart. And, and so a person like that would be irresistible to a person like Jesus, who was also in the same, in the same, um, in the same vein or in that same level of, of pure consciousness or, or pure or love. Embodiment and, of that. Yeah. And, and embodiment of that. And anyone, quite frankly, who we meet that's in that state of grace or that state of awareness becomes irresistible to us in one way or another. We, we, this is how this, the teachings of Jesus and the power and the light and the truth and the love of, of what he taught us binds us back together, right? And so here we have this, amazing young man who was his companion in virtually all of like in the transfiguration it's always peter john john and james peter john and james are always present you know in the in the in the in the final passion that plays out in the garden um before he's arrested it's peter john and james who's who always asked to come with him for these experiences now <clears throat> this is not the john that wrote the revelations he didn't write it and he's not the john <clears throat> that wrote the um the book of john or the gospel of john it's not that's not the same john 
So who wrote those books, right? <clears throat> now, according right. to esoteric scholarship, um, and specifically into the readings of the Akashic Records by Rudolf Steiner, but also there's, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence to support this. The person that wrote those stories or, or wrote those narratives was um, Lazarus who wrote those stories or wrote those narratives, Lazarus, who, would, who rightfully should be referred to as Lazarus John, because when he was resurrected as um, a, a person who had now been initiated into, the, into these higher Christ mysteries, he became a different person. Mm. And, and that's, that's part of the tradition. If one is initiated into this <clears throat> tradition, then one will change their name if it's appropriate to change their name. Mm. The apostle John never changed his name because he was already graced by God, you see. There was no reason to change his name. But Lazarus' name was changed to Lazarus John. And so he was also one who was graced by God or became one in communion with his higher self. Now, there's also, you know, I don't want to get into too many of the details of this, but there was John the Baptist. And the Baptist was beheaded. And according to esoteric scholarship, his soul and spirit, his soul spirit, let's say, was released and acted um, kind of like as an overseer to um, the apostles at that time. So the, the thought is, is that his spirit also merges with Lazarus. So now he's not just Lazarus John, but he's Lazarus John Elijah, because we were told in the Bible that and 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 this is emphatically stated by Jesus. He said that this guy John the Baptist is the spirit and power comes in this into us, comes to us through the spirit and the power of Elijah. And so now we have this really powerful initiate in the form of um, Lazarus John Elijah, who writes this book of John in the New Testament, which is really a, a book that's designed to initiate people in a Christed awareness. Wow. Yes. So in the book, um, it, within, within the book of John in, the, in, the, our, in our New Testament, he describes to us how uh, the process, or, or it's not a process. None of this is a process. There's no... Um, there's no protocols. Right. Yeah. In any of There's this. no handbook or anything. No, it's, no. it's, it's, it, the whole process is based on the expansion of your consciousness through contemplation, through the reading itself, through the sincere reading of itself and a lifetime of reading these, 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 these passages and the, and these insights as we get older and as we become more wiser and we move through maybe sequential lives exposing ourselves more and more and more to this we start realizing the powerful truth that's embedded within the writing itself and that's called gnosis mm -hmm. that's 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 gnosis gnosis is a living force energy. within the writing the energy within the writing right and so john's work is 
first and foremost about the mystery of I am. John is the one who, who, who brings us our attentions to I am consciousness. I am. And, and, and so if you read John's work and you read the revelations, and if you read um, the gospel of John, when he's referring to Jesus or he's referring to Christ, simply replace that with I am, you see. You see, so you start understanding that as, as a person in ascension or an ascended soul has become initiated with Christ, they become one being. And this was extremely important point that Rudolf Steiner was trying to articulate. And it's in Revelations also. It's a powerful passage in Revelations that can only be interpreted in, in that fashion. <clears throat> and it says that, um, that it talks about horses of the apocalypse. And the four horsemen of the apocalypse is about pestilence and war and power and all, you know, all this uh, a famine and all this other stuff. But there's a fifth horse of the apocalypse. The four horsemen of the apocalypse came early. That was sixth chapter of Revelation. In the 19th chapter of Revelation, there's a new horse that's introduced. And on that horse is a Christ-like figure. And behind him, are innumerable souls mounted on white horses, right? And it says that on their chest is a name written that only can be known by that person. Oh, wow. Or it's a name that can only be known by the self. Hmm. Steiner goes into great details about this, but it's really an interesting concept because it's there in John's Revelations and so everyone who's on those horses and they're, you know, innumerable people mounted on those horses. This is the hosts, the hosts of, of Christ. This is us. We're those people. Okay. Who's coming. We're actually, it's not, it's not that we're coming. We're, we're here now. Right. And so what is this meaning about a name that only the only he knows is really your only he knows and, and that reference to only he knows is a reference to i am <clears throat> because we replace all the references in those in the in, in john's work replace all the references to jesus or christ with i am so it's a it's a name that only i know or i am know or i know right right yeah and so there's also another reference there. So what Steiner do, he, he talks about this really interestingly. He says that, and this is true, it doesn't matter if Steiner says this, this is esoteric scholarship, that you and I have a soul that you might not know, uh, not a soul, but you have, a, you have a, the essence of a soul. We all have an essential soul that lives on through sequential lifetimes. It's incorruptible. And that soul has a name. But we haven't been initiated yet into that level of awareness where that name becomes known to us. Mm. So they say that the name is written in sound and light. Mm. Our name is written in sound and light. And is only known to us 
It can't be known by anyone else outside of us because they cannot live within our soul and they cannot see it or hear it because they're outside of us. So Steiner goes into great lengths to talk about this. He says, that's true except for one with one exception. And he says that that one exception is when another spiritual entity or spirit enters your soul and then it can see and hear the name. Okay. That's mysterious. So it's mysterious, but he talks about it. He says, this can happen. And in fact, if you read Steiner's work on, on all of this, you know, this was happening. This was happening. There was souls jumping from, you know, that's basically what happens to Yeshua, Jesus, is that this, 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 the, the essence of the crystals comes into his soul. Right. right. The essence of Christ, the crystals manifests in his soul. This is happening all, all over the place. I think it's happening not right now in these days. Because remember, we're living in the, in the new age of revelations. We're living in an, an apocalyptic time. And that just means we're living in times of, of great revelation. This has never been seen before on this earth. So this is happening to all of us. But as Steiner describes it, which is so beautiful, he said that, and I've talked about this before too, but that um, you could invite a dark astral energy into your soul. And then that would take hold of you and possess you mm. now i i you know i mean it, it if you were to if i if i if i heard myself saying this 20 years ago i i would have lost my mind or even 15 years ago but the fact is is that's becoming obvious it's becoming obvious right now in this day and age that there are people that are trying to control us and enslave us and destroy us that's exactly what's happened to them, all right? There's energies working within them that are maleficent and dark. And, and in so, some ways, through those energies and the fear programming that's going on, they, they also yeah. are drawing us into consent, like to invite them in, right? Yes, well, right. So, uh, so the further we move away from the light of truth and the love of truth, you know, the, 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 and the, and through the spirit, which I had mentioned that the passage that you read, what, what, how we become immune to that effect is through living in the truth, the light and the love of truth. Right. So, so it can work in a negative fashion. I don't think people, anyone listening to this, it can happen to, but there's entity attachments and there's possessions and all this other stuff. And there's a reason for that. And I've mentioned this before on a number of occasions, Marie, there's a temple that exists within us mm -hmm. and it's, and through deeds of love, through acts of love, we build the temple and we keep it, we keep it in, in um, we keep it, we build it, we erect it and we maintain it through um, our consciousness. It's the place where the spirit is to come into union with the soul. It's it's there specifically erected there specifically for this moment or for these times. Now, right. Steiner said that the the one that enters us is Christ. 
So, so that, so that that's the second coming in that sense is that it's not going to happen outside of us. It's going to happen within us. And that, that being knows our name. Which is, I am inside us. Well, no, it's actually a very, it's a unique series of, of lighting codes, the secret name, but that being knows our name because it enters within us. And it's the same name that the being has, right? So that's what, that's what he was saying is that this is, a, this, and that's what the mystery of, of John's revelations tells us, that this, this, that this, this Christed energy, those who are mounted on those white horses all have that name written upon them that only they know but so christ knows that name because christ has entered their soul and is now living within their soul as as this as the light and the love of god right. now we can go further I, I i'd like to go further on that but is there any questions or I have one question and maybe yes. it's a whole other podcast, but it's something I've often wondered because growing up in Christianity, but really feeling a deeper sense of spirituality in myself and not always a hundred percent relating to all the rituals and all the things, but a lot of Christians today know that only through me, only through Christ, right? Can you, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. That's what I was going to go next. Oh, okay. So is that where you're heading? <laughs> yeah, they, they, They've done is a great job. Yeah. They've done a great job at confusing everybody. And when you start mentioning these words, the meanings have been inverted and perverted over the last age. So that you, they think that what we think that we're talking about is an actual person. It's not, it's not a person. Right. It is and it isn't. So, so the the, the what's what this is 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 that um, it's a it's a state of awareness or consciousness that connects us to the source of cosmic light or universal light, and that's the light of truth, and that's 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 what this is. Okay. And it's also the light of truth and love. And so that's literally what it is, if you want to think about it. And it's spiritual. Okay. But you can't have it unless you allow it to manifest through your soul. You can't. You're at a point now where you can't have it unless you open yourself up and surrender yourself to this power, you know, or, or make union with this power. So not only does does John teach us about something called I am the great I am consciousness and this concept of I am one of the things that Rudolf Steiner says, he said, if you want to identify yourself, you should just state that I am the world. I mean, I think it's even, I even think that is too confining. Just say I am, but, yeah. but if you were to identify yourself as that I am connected to everything else within the sphere of existence that exists, I am. And that energy is a nested hierarchy. So there's I am, and then John identifies the soul of Jesus uh, as the vessel of this I am consciousness, or was he said the I am. But in, in, in the Hebrew faith, you know, God is known as I am the I am, right? And so it's, we're all, it's all interrelated, you know, I am. You know, don't identify yourself as in any gender polarity or any of those things. Right. You just exist. And like Steiner says, identify yourself as I am the world. And that 
connects you then you can feel you it like i am the creation you can feel yes. i'm one with all things yes. right i am i am so john was a great teacher uh initiated teacher of this mystery of i am keep in mind too that there were after the death of jesus the, the, these the, the apostles had mystery schools also and they were teaching their students or initiating their students into these concepts and 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 so once one was initiated into these concepts which came through these ritualistic practices and, and teachings that um the point of the whole point of initiation in that respect is that one takes on the gnosis and the karma of the teacher who's teaching it but ultimately in 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 these and the in western mysticism the ultimate master of the whole system is christ jesus it, in, in in alchemy and in all of western mysticism it's recognized to be the logos or christ jesus um now yeah so hmm. yeah so there's another book that exists. There's a third book that exists. So the third book that exists is a book that's called The Apocryphal of John. Can you say that it's word again? Apocryphal or apocrypha, apocryphal, apocryphal. Apocryphal just means the, um, it's called, uh, the apocryphal is just, Again, the secret book is what it means. The secret book of John, the mm. apocryphal of John. So there's a third writing that exists. And it wasn't written by Lazarus, John, Elijah. Elijah. No, it was written by John, the true or the first John, the, the apostle, the fisherman's son. The, and he identifies himself as such if you read the um the gospel of john he identifies himself as john and, and and actually i don't think he identifies himself but in the revelations he identifies himself as john the apostle of jesus and and the and the and the, and the secret book and i'm just going to refer to this one as the gnostic book of john because oh, that's where okay. it comes from he identifies himself as john the brother of james and the son of Zebedee. You know, as the that that as described in the, in the scriptures, so it's a different John who writes it. And I think that through the gnosis or the truth that's embedded within the writings, the writings are very deeply connected. But it's 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 a it's a hidden book that that no one talks about. So Steiner mentions it cryptically, and and remember, this is the last lectures that he ever gave, and he said that at some point. He said that these mystery schools did exist and they were trying to teach us the cosmic connection to all of these mysteries. That means that there's a heavenly connection to all of these mysteries and that, and that it's cosmic in nature, it's universal in nature. And, and, and that um, at some point the church wanted to extinguish that knowledge. So they basically, in Steiner's little cryptic lecture, he says, yeah, they, they, they wiped it all out. And that's, they did this. This was the genocides of the Gnostics. The church tried everything they could to destroy it. But Steiner says, if one just was able to read the Akashic records, you would realize that, that the 
church went to great lengths to destroy this information. And he says that a reading of the Akashic records will restore all of those Gnostic teachings to the to the to the nth degree. And he said that that every single I will be dotted and every single T will be crossed. That 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 truth will come out. And it says it's coming. Now there's some people who felt who feel that the Akashic records have been tampered with. I I I can't read them, so I don't know no. what that means. No. <clears throat> but they discovered the writings. 20 years after Steiner dies, they discovered this, this um, giant, well, it's not a giant, it was a library of books in Egypt in 1945, sealed in vessels. There were 54 books in what they called codices, which were seven or eight, depending on how you count them, um, like bound volume, bound, like bound books that were like in volumes that were bound. So there was 54 of these books. And, and these books contain the secret writings or the Gnostic writings of John and Thomas and Philip. And, and, um, you know, and so, and, and so these, these were secret writings, right? I love the timing and, of these things that just right. divine years after Steiner dies, he basically says it's going to come back and it's going to rise with a vengeance. So um, Young is involved in all this too because they were they were so afraid the Vatican would get their claws on it, and 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 put it away and never allow it to see the light of truth. And when you said the Church was trying to destroy the Gnostic the Gnostics themselves, and of course this knowledge, is that what you mean by the Church? Is it the Catholic Church? Is it the Vatican? I mean, we know this. Yeah, once 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 Rome accepted accepted. Um, Christianity, their form of Christianity as their official, uh, let's say, religion of the state, they started going after them, uh, anything that was they, they claimed was heretical or Gnostic. And they, they killed you if you didn't convert. They burned down all the churches and temples, and then they destroyed every piece of writing that they could find. The only thing that actually existed were the, you know, the, the diatribes of their opponents who basically basically talked about the Gnostic writings, but in a very derogatory way and, and basically tried to discredit it. Um, so you, you had nothing that was untampered or, or unfiltered until 1945. And it wasn't really available until um, the efforts of people through through Carl Jung's Institute actually got photocopies of, of, of these translations or, or of, of the actual of the actual papyrus which was written in Coptic language. And they, they translated it, started translating it throughout the 50s. And then they started through uh, probably up until the 70s. And in fact, when the last book was released, I think in the early 2000s, it was the Gospel of Judas, but it was in such bad shape. It's, it's very difficult to read it because they have these lacunae that it got to it so late that it started to destroy, be destroyed by, by air and you know, oxidation and everything. But it wasn't until like the late 2000s where they actually put together all the scriptures. It's called the Naj, Nag or the Nag Hamadi. Hamadi, the Nag Hamadi scriptures. And these were put together in, in a biblical form. And it wasn't until the, you know, the, the, the 2007 or 2009 that it was actually completely done and translated and available for people to read, uh, the average person to read if you weren't a scholar. So we have that information now. And in one of the major works, I would say the major work of the book is the secret book 
with John. Oh. Right, written by the original apostle John. Right, the pure soul. The pure soul, the Gnostic soul. The Gnostic soul, the knower. The knower. And he was loved by Jesus because of that. Hmm. So what does he tell us in that one? Well, it, it, there's no apocalyptic visions like you see in the revelations. It doesn't work that way. It's not a, it's not a magical book. And I don't think that it's been touched by, let's say, the astral plane. It is something that they didn't want you to know about. And it, there, is, there is all kinds of revelations in the book in a very, in a very Gnostic fashion. But what he goes on to describe is that, you know, um, human humanity was tampered with to a certain degree by these usurping fallen energies or entities. You described this in your in your talks, you know, the same thing. Not just I'm the one I was listening to this morning, your last one he talks very similar about these things and the power of the serpent and the distortions that the serpent has sold us, you know, all of these things. It's basically what John is telling us in his in his writings. Yeah. Wow. But John explains to us the mystery of the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good and evil. Uh, it's the tree of knowledge of, of good and evil, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So that's what he tells us. He says that's what's being the, the tree of life is being sucked dry. They basically they actually created a false tree of life that, that they want us to eat from, not the true tree of life. And that name is interesting he said that the tree of life was placed within us by the divine feminine by the, the goddess true tree of life the true tree, the tree of, life. of life the true tree of life was placed within us by the goddess sophia the divine feminine it's also referred to as zoe which means life or life force mm -hmm. also yeah. has a reference to something called the epinoia the epinoia which means the higher mind mm -hmm. So, so it's the divine feminine higher mind that exists within us, which is heart consciousness, which is, which is the soul site that, you, you know, it actually it's more than soul site. I have to go into that, but it is, it is, it is our emotional intelligence. It is connected to the divine feminine principle, which is our heart principle. You can say it's the right side of the brain too, because the right side of the brain is directly connected to um, heart coherence. And so it's our, our emotional intelligence. That's what that is. And they call this the epinoia. And, and, and then there's something else that, that they refer to. And they call this the pronoia. The pronoia. And the pronoia means the um, foresight or forethought. Mm. And that's the masculine principle. And that one's connected to Christ. Now, you may say, you may say, well, you know, I, I'm not into all of this modern religious stuff. And, you know, I don't believe in Christ or Jesus. I got news for you. This goes back to the beginning of, of Western civilization. I've, I've, we've talked about this before. The pronoia or forethought is Promethean forethought. Okay. Prometheus is Christed awareness mm -hmm. it is the eagle's foresight you know because we can see very far into the distance right if we come in union with this energy if we come become one with this energy so 
Can I ask a question there? Yeah. You're talking about so many things and I don't want to detract, but I, I, if I don't ask the question, I'll miss it. This Promethean energy, these, these, this knowing that you're sharing with us, this awareness, this, these uh, facts also of timelines and things that were happening, was that before or after these Johns? Right? Was it? Would would John have had access to the Promethean awareness and the Christ consciousness? Well, yeah, yeah. So, so the um, these are this is this is this is in regards to Genesis. This is in regards to Adam and Eve. <clears throat> this Promethean energy. This yes, it was placed within us at the beginning. At the beginning. At the beginning, way Just before. Way before the stories of Prometheus and, and all was, those things. This was this was before the fall. Right, right. Before okay. we were, you know, kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and, you know, and and that in itself was a deception, as you were saying this morning. Right. Deceptive. If this, this is you're basically talking about Gnostic scholarship there. I mean, so, the, uh, so, the, so that 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 was there all. That's there all along, and that's within us. And so now there's something called the mystery of of Christ Sophia, or Christos Sophia. And so that's another, those, John taught us two things. He taught us the mysteries of I am and, and, it, and also the mysteries of Christ Sophia. Okay. So what is that? And, and that is simply a person who has come in union with the tree of life and the tree of uh, knowledge of good and evil. And they've 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 struck a balance between that. You can almost think of it as your brain, as those hemispheres yes. coming together into, into union or in balance with that. Yes. So so the so that so that so that you know we're in balance, we're in a balanced state. Or I like to think of it as the power of the mind and the power of the heart coming into balance. Right. That's how I like to think of it. And and so the divine feminine which is the soul coming into union with the divine masculine, which is the spiritual energy, this pro pronoian or Promethean energy that's always been placed within us. Well, that union you described, I don't know, but as you were talking, I just felt, you know, we know everything's been distorted. So the cross for many people in the world is all about Christ's crucifixion and the suffering and dying for our sins and all of that. But when you just describe that through the lens through which we're talking today with having been given to this, this before the fall was that the right and left hemispheres of the brain, you know, the masculine, the feminine, right, are the short part of the cross. And then the longer part is it's all about union. The it's longer you. part is the mind and the heart, right? It's the mind and the heart and the right. Oh, and the, absolutely. Yes. And the and That's I don't another know way of interpreting it. Absolutely. Right? absolutely. I just felt that in the union of like union of all those things is that I am consciousness. Yes. Yes. So, so, so never, you know, and the, and the other thing too, is that, you know, I wrote about this, but <clears throat> that's it's beyond it's beyond the scope of this discussion the christos energy has both masculine and feminine qualities to it in fact there's a feminine christos and a masculine christos so it, you know that don't get hung up on the genders it doesn't it doesn't make any sense anymore unless you understand it from an energetic perspective that's what we're talking about when we assign it genders not it's not 
you know, genders is, is, is kind of an illusion anyway, because we all have masculine and feminine energies within us. So, um, so, so can I just say this one thing? Yeah. And it's, I don't want to digress too far because I know there's a lot more for you to share, but a, a song came, talk about that sentient consciousness in the clear soul site. You know, my guides have been getting my attention for years, my higher self. And a song that came through was titled The Christed Magdalene and the Magdalene Christ. It's what you're talking about, right? Well, it's the Christed Sophia and the Sophia Christ. Yeah, I mean, you can look at Jesus and Magdalene as um, the prototypical couple or the and on a physical plane. They came together as a couple as a, and they made a union together as the greatest of all unions uh, between a masculine and feminine being that ever happened on this earth was between them. This is what the Gnostics believed, and that and that the Magdalene energy um, is kind of like the Celtic spirit of the earth, and and the the logos or the Christed energy, Jesus's energy was a logo logoic energy, which was the divine masculine. Um, let's say heavenly spiritual part of it. So it's earth marrying, you know, the, the heaven. And now we'll t- yeah. talk about this in a little bit, a little bit yes. greater. But Please. but but Christ Sophia um, is 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 the energy they were drawing into the earth through the union through their coupling. Mm. You know, <clears throat> Jesus was not able to perform any feats. I don't care what anyone says. I've studied this in great detail and I've experienced it. And the great energy healers always work in couples. That's a secret they don't tell you. But the true energy healers, the really good ones, are working in union between a man and a woman, generally a couple. And that's because they're exchanging polarities. and 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 you can have deep, intimate, loving relationships and sexual relationships through the energy that's exchanged. So I'm sure that their relationship covered a whole spectrum of intimacy, but I'm also convinced that his, the miracles that he performed were directly related to the power of Magdalene. She, she was, she was empowering him through a a devotional love that, that connected to him. And it wasn't just, it wasn't platonic. It was deep, powerful, complete union one soul to another i think that that's really what what that's all about and so that became i think is the prototypical or is the archetypal um role model that we have to aspire to now in our in in our in our future lives in our present and future lives because we did such a terrible job over the last age at understanding that teaching and so now we're moving into the new age and speaking of the new age the new age is the Aquarian age. And I've mentioned this before. The Aquarian age is associated with Prometheus. Prometheus represents the Aquarian age and the Aquarian energies. And Prometheus is represented by the pronoia, right? The forethought, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is all interrelated. So we're now in the new age. And I and 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 that this new age that we're living in, um, a couple of things. The first thing is common sense. So, 
What's going on in the world now is an attempt to disconnect us to our spiritual origins. There's a reason why that tree is called the, 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 uh, the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't you think that the dark energies are going to do everything in their power to prevent you from eating from that tree, from being in communion or in union with that tree? Because you can see their deceptions if you eat from that tree, if you become one with Christ's energy. You see, that's what this is all about. And you're seeing this now playing out in real life with people that still refuse to there there's there's a certain group of people that are just becoming more and more um, disconnected from that energy and common sense is starting to crumble and they're and they're just becoming for lack of a better term stupid well i was going to say with the promethean energy that is the hallmark of this new age they're becoming non-thinkers they cannot see in the distance yes taking they're, they're, they're taking the word for, let's say, um, level or organizations of authority that always spoon fed them information that they've interpreted as the truth. It's not. And unless you, unless you break the mold of that and come back towards a movement towards um, eating from that tree, well, I won't call it whatever you want, but that's what it is. Those who are of the spirit can clearly see what's happening. They can see it. They can, and, and plain they're as astounded. They're as plain as day. And they're astounded that there are still so many others that can't see it, right? Because they haven't eaten from that tree, the, uh, of, of the, 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 the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. And but it's, it's not just it's a metaphor. It's 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 a state of awareness. It's a state of Christ and consciousness. Right. And that has to be again married to the epinoia, the divine feminine within us, and that produces this deific, godlike capacity to discern. Not yes. from a not from a calculating, analytical, e egalitarian, or you know sense. From, but also married to the emotional intelligence of the heart and, and, and the emotional love of the heart. Now you have a super being, a being that is, a, is, is basically like a God who can do that, regardless of whether or not I can do telekinesis or all these other things. I'm activating my, my, my third eye, and now I can see things that people in the, in the lower awareness or state of consciousness who are no who are moving away from their spirituality are becoming more and more and more enslaved into a dark paradigm of ignorance is literally what that is right and the yeah. deeper expanse of the serpent's agendas that they're taking in as their own they're inviting it in by their when they don't feel the cues that the others of us have felt yeah, and and hence the, the and hence the revelations of John, which basically say, well, okay, well, if you're gonna if you if you're gonna if you're gonna accept that, this is what's in store waiting for you. Uh huh. Right. Right. This is what your life may look like, and ex and be. And it, I think I think to a certain degree there will be people that will experience it. I I I don't want to be have any part of that. Um, but, you know, the one thing is, is that we can't prevent people from having an experience if that's what their soul desires. We can't, we can't stop them from having it. I'm just saying that 
in the Gnostic scriptures. Let me tell you this. Uh, maybe we can Please. conclude this. Yeah. In the Gnostic scriptures, and it's very difficult to interpret this, but this is how we interpret the Gnostic scriptures. At the end, the beginning, he talks about the tree of life. He talks about the higher mind. He talks about, um, uh, and this is Jesus talking to the apostle John. Um, he talks about the enslavement of humanity. <laughs> and then the end, John is interested in knowing how, the, how this, this is going to end. Now, keep in mind that we're at the end of an age. So this is how it's going to end, right? So at the end. We're in it. We're oh, in we're, it. we're in the transition already. We're, we're, we're beyond the time of Pisces. Pisces, by the way, represents an age of imprisonment. That's what Pisces represents, among many things. It represents an age of imprisonment. The age of a, the Aquarian age is an age of of, of 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 enlightenment. And so now we're moving into that direction. Um, but it, what's very interesting is, you know, we don't really get apocalyptic visions, but we get something that is profound that that is being conveyed to the 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 original apostle John, and and that is. That what is being described as three incursions into Hades. Hmm. I came from heaven, down from heaven, three times. There will be three incursions into Hades, and we're living in Hades. And he refers to Hades as the as the physical body, but it could also be it is the physical body. It's the physical body of the earth, the physical body of the humanity, the physical body, the physical reality is what he's saying. And remember, if you're referencing Jesus, if you're referencing Jesus in John's teachings, it's I am came into this earth over the last age three times or will come into this earth. Remember, it's given to John. At, it's given to John at the beginning of the age. It hadn't happened yet. Right. Right. But we can clearly see that it has happened. Three incursions into, into, into the physical plane or the dense, dark, physical plane of the earth into Hades. And what, and what, this, what Jesus is telling John is that I had to withdraw from it because my presence was too overwhelming for the dark forces and it was causing this great chaotic rumbling and shaking and crumbling of their reality and, and it wasn't said, time then it wasn't time then that's exactly what he says it wasn't time yet so i had to withdraw now imagine us living through these events i, I know i've lived through them but the the first event was the, the genocidal um the genocide of the gnostics which happened a few hundred years after this writing right or maybe around the time of this writing could have been at that time, but um, it was a Gnostic genocide. So here you have the mystery of I am and the mystery of, of Christ Sophia known at a communal level that was overwhelmingly powerful to people who heard the message, but it had to be withdrawn. And this was the time where the Roman state came in and, and basically killed everyone and, and, and destroyed everything that was Gnostic. The second incursion was during that time around the Cathars and the temp Knights Templar. 
that was the second incursion. Same thing. More uh, chaos, fur way further wrath and fury was was invoked by um, by by the by the Catholic Church at that time to destroy them, and they did. This time with a greater vengeance. Now the saving grace now is that we're out of that age. We're no longer in the age. So it's about the right timing for the third incursion. We're living in the third incursion now. Mm. This one is going to destroy everything that was that was uh, outmoded and outdated. Correct. This one, it's good. It's good. It's basically it's it's the same concept that the revelations of john talk about in the fall of babylon it's all gonna it's all imploding now and and he basically talks about our function as light bearers and there's a direct correlation then to john's revelation going from the gnostic writing of the apostle of john to lazarus john's writing about the 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 multitude on white horses who's name that only christ knows is written down there that's the same thing he's basically talking about the same thing we're living in this time now mm. so this is this is the this is the this is the third and final incursion into hades and it's it's crumbling in one way or another it's crumbling and and our presence here will not be moved at this point it's 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 because we're in a new age we've entered the new age so it's our time this presence, the presence, this Christ Sophia presence will not be withdrawn anymore. This is, it is now here, right? And so that's the revelations of these writings. Don't focus on the dark aspects of it. It's not, it's not meant for you to focus upon. It's, and I think that we're really kind of gone through a lot already and that, um, and, and more revelate, we're living in revelations. And as we speak, we're living in revelations. It's revelations to a large group of people. For me, it's like, I know. I mean, it's revelations when I was 13. Right. You know, reading all it's the, a pamphlet. Like all of the, all right. of the work that we've done looking at this and, 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 and through our life's experiences of dealing with this deception and withdrawing. And I do feel like, you know, after those experiences, I, I, I was, you know, um, I was suffering from multiple incarnations as a person who was aimless for a while there, or or learning existentialism, you know, from from that point on until my last my current incarnation. I was a very strong skeptic and existentialist, mm. you know, because that's all that's the only truth I was able to see over the last thousand years. And after the trauma of the Cathars, right? Uh, well, and the Templars and all those other people that were involved in. But yes, the heretics, the heretics, anyone who disagreed were heretical. And so the, 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 the um, Albigensians and the um, Valdensians and, and, and the Templars and all of those people, there, there, was a, there was a genocide waged against them also. And they were all trying to bring in a better way of living, the light of truth, the light of justice, divine justice in these types of things. And they were destroyed and, and, uh, and plunged us into uh, you know, a, a, another long period up until just now where we're finally, we're finally in the last incursion, I think now in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the new age, which was heralded just a few years ago, a little less than two years ago. 
you know, and I think initiated about 18 months ago. So I think the timing is just about right. And yeah, we're going to live through some really crazy things over the next few years, but I don't see, a, I don't see a lot of, of a wiggle room or a lot of room for more of this development because Oh, the channeling, the channeled sources, yours is one of them, many others. And just the sense that I'm getting is that there's been an overall rejection of all of these visions and all of these options. We're, we don't want it. We're done with this, right? you know, and we're, we're moving towards a, a much better, a, a fairer society and a more loving and cooperative society because the potentials we have are immense you know, to, to move forward in that. And yes. regardless of whether you call it that or not, you know, whether, whether, you know, you're, 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 um, your, your um, affinities are towards the divine feminine or towards the masculine feminine, that's going to come back in the balance, coming back in the balance. We're, we're, we're all of these, all of those secrets that were lost the ages of, of, of this, the, these more heretical teachings, they will never be they're they're coming back into a balance it's almost part of our dna or a part of our collective awareness it's it's here now all we have to do is embrace it and, and move forward with that and that's just gonna that's already liberating us it's liberating us from bondages that bondages of, of all aspects of life hmm. where does it sounds like John leads you through the book of revelations, which I have never read, but I tell you, when I listen to you, I'm always like, I'm going to read that. Cause you don't have to read the whole Bible to read some of the gospels and read revelations to get a bigger picture right now. But where does he leave us? You know, it sounds like he, does he close revelations on a more optimistic? Yeah. Optimal, yeah. yeah, yeah the, the final chapters of revelations are, are devoted to New Jerusalem. Now it sounds almost, you know, very almost Luciferian because it's all about angelic things happening and all this crazy love being, but you know, being being. Uh, I mean, uh, honestly, I'm going. I'm not sure what will be there if we're all if we're all connected to, let's say, the church's vision of what heaven should be like on earth. I'd like to say, listen. There's stuff that we have to um, that we have to transmute. That we we have yes. to there's, there's the alchemy of the work of, yes. of 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 purifying or distilling or ascending all the corruption. There's good stuff in that too. There's great stuff in that, you know. And so I'd like I I see it I see it as kind of a balanced state. I mean, so uh, but. Mm -hmm. But John might be seeing this in a more heavenly realm. Oh, right. Realm where all the rejoicing and everything's occurring as that manifests and inspires us on the physical plane. Because none of those things really happen as much on the physical plane. But that stuff will help us to manifest a much better and fairer life um, on, on the physical plane. And so, and so that, that's there, it's very hopeful at the end if you get mm -hmm. through all of the darkness and the turmoil, which we're living through right now. And, and I do feel like. I, mean, I, I don't I don't want to be too optimistic, so I won't say anything. I'd like to think of myself as a realist. My wife thinks of me as a pessimist, but I think of her as an optimist and I'm the realist, but it doesn't matter. I think we're we're at a point now where the collective is really starting to wake up um, through this through these experiences and you know they'll pull other things out. You know right now they're threatening well, I'm not going to say anything, but they're 
they're pulling things out. Yes. But it looks to me like they're running out of ideas. Yes, and resources. And, and resources. And the and funding for it and the whole thing. So it's and like- we're just, we're just sick of it. We're just sick of all. I, I so, think actually most people are, whether they're yes. awake to what the depth of the deceptions and all, whether they are or not, I think we can all agree that we're tired of what this is. Yeah, there's just a, you know, there's a core group of people that are, you know, are still skeptical that are agnostic, although very few people I think are really true atheists that are waiting for a sign or they're waiting to be shown a better way, a better path. And, and I think that there's primed for it. They're primed for something miraculous or glorious to happen. And it may be just something that happens on a, on a humanistic level. You know, being a humanist is not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing because you're, you, you're a person who, who sides with humanity. Mm -hmm. the, they changed that, inverted it to a secular humanist, which is a humanist without a spiritual connection. Mm. Why not be a humanist with, with the original intent of the humanism, which was allow your higher principles and, and your love for humanity to guide you. That's all you need, because that's right. what Jesus Christ was trying to teach you. And, to be and, the and God principle that's, that's, in you. Yes. yes, that's all that was. Your, your connection to everything that's alive you don't have to, in fact, I would say that we should, you know, most churches are going to steer us in the wrong direction. Anyway, this is not a religious or a, a, no. an endorsement for any specific religion or, or church. This is our personal relationship to yes. our individuated spirit or what we would call the Holy Spirit, which exists in all of us. It's undeniable. It does. And, and one of the final thoughts that we bring up is, Steiner said this, he was very emphatic about it. He said that in order to understand that mystery, we have to be priestly souls to understand it. But he says that once you see that, you start realizing the true nature of the um, of things like consecration, communion, um, the sacraments, and um, transubstantiation, which is the mystery practice during the Eucharist. He said, that's all real. He said that really is real. It, it really does exist. And so the, the body of Christ is, is something that you can, you can create, you can consecrate. I've been saying this since the mm -hmm. beginning of my holistic experience, that, that, that you don't have to be a priest ordained by you know, uh, any specific religion to do those things. A great part of our healing is related to the power that we can impart within substances to heal each other. That's been a medical, it's a medically proven fact. And so why don't we start living in a higher state of ascended awareness? Those concepts, which were thrown out as, as nonsense or, re, or religious superstition, become a visceral reality that we live in, that we consecrate ourselves. That's the kind of world that we're looking forward to living in, is a world that, that's, that's in service, not just to ourselves, to all of those who are around us and 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 when we get to the point of 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 um of living within the mystery of all of it that's the that's then you can't then that destroys all of these cycles of 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 repetitive life that makes it intolerable mm. we're moving we're moving and this is what the new age and what this new energy is bringing us well, and there's a life force to everything you just described too that's renewable. 
they, they, I think in this serpent's deception, we've been taught that everything, that there's a finite amount, there's a finite amount of food right. and a finite amount of life force and a finite amount of resources. And it's just not true. But when you are in that renewable Christed Sophia consciousness that's in union, right? And your bre conscious breathing, that union inside you, that's the world you are living in. And that's the world you're creating. And I think there's more of us that are willing to express that consciously or unconsciously, but more of us, I think, are are living that um, and knowing that there is a great abundance in this whole story of there not being enough in whatever way the scarcity consciousness of separation consciousness is like the greatest deception there ever was. It's a massive lie. It's a, it's a massive, massive lie. lie. It's a, it's massive, a massive lie. lie because nature produces abundantly. But the secret to that at some time maybe we'll talk about it. It has to do with the 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 feminine principle within our, the physical life and within our earthly life and within our soul's life is Mother Nature, it's Gaia, Mother Nature, and when when the when 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 everything is in balance, when the masculine energy is in balance to the feminine energy, it's almost like orgasmic release that that if you think about what would that be in relationship to nature it's when nature is producing in this massively abundant way right. it's it's completely in harmony right and so that's a secret that that we have within ourselves that, that we're just starting to realize now that when the male and the female energies are in complete balance now we're living in this state of overwhelming abundance and 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 that's what this is all about. It's it that's that's it's not just abundance of food. It's abundance of of joy, of riches, of energy, of healing, of all of these things, right, you know. Right. But you have to balance the masculine energies with the feminine, and we get to that point. We're in Christed awareness, and we're 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 in, we're in living within the mystery of Christ Sophia. That's one of the major mm. focuses on that. Mm. That is as good a place as ever, because when we're living in that place of the Christ and Sophia in union with itself and with the divine, well, as far as I can see, it doesn't get better than that. I'm sure it does get better than that, because once we embody this more as a collective, we'll grow to new levels, right? And we'll have new experiences. But I would just love to revel in that for a few ages, actually, at least the oh, next stage. Me too, just right? Just live in that for a couple thousand years, at least. And soak it there's in. There's so much for us to discover within that, and to refine our lives and to grow, you know, and 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 to and to like, you know, and to and to bring that all into us. That's the transubstantiation of life, and to bring that in in enlivened food and 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 uh, and and libations into us through the gifts that that the environment is bearing for us that's enlivened with christed energy so we you know that's everything is you know um everything will change in that energy that's the that's also the aquarian age that's what's coming and that to me in my language just the way the guys have been speaking for so many years it's it's going back to the template of the original garden of eden before the fall before the temptations before the distortions i think this will even be greater this, yes. will, this is promised that it's promised to be even greater because we're wiser now before yes. in living in the garden of Eden, we were children right 
we, we were still, to a certain degree, we were still naive. Our ego had not developed very well. Mm. So we had to go through this separation process to allow the ego to discern, to develop the capacities to discern the difference between good and bad, light and dark, to balance things out, to, to, to live, uh, to know what suffering is. Let's face it. The mythology is that Jesus, the Christ, this uh, cosmic energy incarnated into a man because he did not understand the nature of suffering. Buddha's enlightenment came when he recognized the nature of suffering. So wow. that's what happened to this being. So it's the reason why there was this wretched death and the crucifixion and all these other things, because this being came from a place where that didn't exist. But we've lived through the last ages of this. We know what it means. We have empathy. We get it. We get it. And we know how miserable life is when we're not connected, you know, to this Christed energy, this, to this godly energy. So now when we come back, we're coming back as, as, uh, as much more wiser beings. We're really moving towards uh, our own state of grace and godliness. Really, mm -hmm. we're becoming gods in the, in the next stage. I love that. That's beautiful. We, we, we've journeyed a lot of places and, and, and still, I'm sure there's could be many more conversations because it's so rich with insight and the inner journeying, right. That, that takes place that it's, it is within us. It is within us. There's a lot going on outside of us, but ultimately all that suffering that we can see is to redirect us back to the invitation that I think you're saying that John was speaking about, right? Yes. Right. And to accept the invitation. And, and once accepted, that's when we become these transformers, these transfigures. And I can't say that word that you said, trans something, something. I can't get that word. Transubstantiation. Yes, transubstantiation. Yeah, that's practiced in the Eucharist and in the Catholic faith. But um, that's imparting this Christed energy within substance that you consume that you're putting into yourself so that's that's an ancient idea that's that's uh that you know that that predates christianity yeah, that's that's just a, a cosmic concept that yeah. we need to understand we practice that in, in reiki and energy healing you can do that too but they've done they've done medical studies to prove that that actually exists you can impart loving. You can impart loving energy into food substances and heal people. That's there was a lot of interest in that until you know the pharmaceutical industry went crazy and and you know there was who's going to make any money? Mm -hmm. Who's going to make any money on, on those types of research? But it did exist. Right. It was a really uh, interesting research that was occurring throughout the '90s. Looking at that. Oh wow! But, oh, yeah. That recent. That recent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 1990s. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So that, yeah. Wow. Well, it's always, it's always such a gift to connect with you in these deeper energies. I think we invite people to go into that Promethean energy, that forethought, that foresight, that tuning in within for those sentient awarenesses, like the Gnostics, the knowing, right? And it is something that maybe it's a little bit of some rusty gears inside people, but the gears are still there. And it's your consciousness that brings the oil, that oils those gears that will still work if you will just open and, you know, spend some time investing in how important your spirit soul, like your soul essence is on the planet. And those of us that have 
this awareness and would be listening to a podcast like this. We are the ones that you're saying that are behind Jesus, right? That are that whole that whole group of people you're describing that's like the name that is only known, right? I can't, I don't know the language that you it's, said. It it's His name is written, um, uh, his, his name is on his breast and, it's, and all, uh, that only he knows, that only he knows. And the, the name is written on the breast that only he knows. But that is basically connecting us to all of the, right. and, and, it, and it, it's not just Jesus leading us as much as Jesus or the power of this Christ awareness, this Promethean energy is living through all of us. Who but it feels like we are so present. We're so standing with him, right? There's this energy if it's... Right. Keep in mind that, that, that the, the archetype or the, pro, the, the archetype of Jesus is, is, a, is a human being that's manifested. And the, the way that we learn, I mean, this is what this has been all about, is that we learn best through imitation or role models mm. without that without christ sophia as prototypes that live within us so many enlightened people are identifying with this magdalene spirit this celtic spirit the divine isis sophia you know that's a companion that lives within you mm. both of them live within me so but you can't have a relationship with a with an abstract concept yes it doesn't, you can't do that, but you can have a relationship with the being that loves you and, and who you love back, right? And so who you've, and who you're basically merging yourself with. Mm. Mm. I'd like to talk about this some more because I think it's something by talking about it and just like we know the other side does their repetition, right? But by sharing more about that, by embodying it, by being willing to explore it, we don't know everything there is to know about all this, but we are willing, you know, conscious seekers of it. And I think that that makes the difference. And I think that's what we invite people when they listen to podcasts like this and topics that we're talking about the season of John and the revelations of the apocalypse, right? All of that insight and awareness it's there for all of us to do this inner discovery. And I think that's where, when we stop fearing discovery, when we stop looking, that's what the guides were saying in the most recent transmission that I really picked out, that they were saying our greatest fear isn't the trauma and pain and all the suffering. That was massive to me. Our greatest fear is not the trauma and suffering and pain, which you would think it would be. No. It's, it's beyond the, that. It's, it's the deception embedded within the crap that they're telling us, which is basically fear itself. Right. You right. said it. Yeah. Right. That, so, is that, what you, that was it, right? That was it. It's, it's the, the unwillingness to look at the deception and the, the gravity of the distortions. That's what people don't want to look at. They'll take right. the pain and suffering all day long, every day. Right. Rather than face that. that. Right. Yes. Rather than face it. Right. But this is a time that I think more of us, as more of us gather, whether you think of the Schumann resonance or not, but I think more of us are grounding the willingness to be the witness observers of what the creations have been when we have been innocence, when we have been, I wouldn't say clueless, but you know, when we haven't been aware of the depths of the deception that has created the world we live in, that we think it's always been this way. And that's when you begin to shatter the illusion when you wake up to say it has not always been this way. Oh. And there's a truth that lives beyond that illusion. And that's the truth we have to seek. That's God. That's God consciousness. That's that, 
Yeah, the Christ Sophia codes that exist within us. So I think there's more of these conversations. I'm always fascinated by what you feel that's coming through you to write each month. And, um, and I'm so grateful that we find time in both of our busy lives to come together in this way and to bring that maybe Christ and Sophia energy in the two of us, even though we both have that inside us, but I think we're each a messenger of, of that awareness. And, um, and I just, I want to thank you. So let's do it again. Come back again. Let's talk some more. And I want to thank our listeners, those listening, you know, right as we post this in October on the cusp of November, here we are in 2022. And those who find this later as an archival recording, I think that this is an ongoing journey for us to learn how to live more fully the embodiment of the joy and the union with source, this Christed energy inside us. Um, as we go forward into this new amazing Aquarian age where the eagle and all these harbingers inside us also as companions are designed to soar, to fly free of the imprisonment of the previous age and all these other centuries of time where we've been embedded in this, uh, this deception. So I am very excited about what's coming. I feel very encouraged by this, my conversation with you. This deepens a lot of my understanding. I think that no idea about the Johns. So that's something I'm gonna take with me. And um, I think there's a lot for all of us to learn to uncover from how simplified things have been made, right? Um, but it also, there's a lot of details that we really know to bring these stories to life. So we understand what were they really telling us, right? And who was really the author of those messages? So you bring all of this to light. And I'm so grateful for you. So you can find Paul at beyondthesoulsmeridian.org. And you can find more of these podcasts at Color the Magic on YouTube and various other platforms where you like to go for your streaming and all the listening that you do. You can find us on Rumble and Telegram and lots of other places. Look for Wholesale Mastery. So we'll see you hopefully next month in more conversations about this kind of deeper energy and this uh, awareness of the spiritual union with ourselves, the I am consciousness. So thank you. Blessings, everyone. We'll see you soon.